0: Hi, I'm Tamina, gender equality activist and sales professional at a global technology company. When I graduated from college in 2017, I was struggling to figure out how adulting works. School did not properly prepare me for some of the most basic things that my young professional life would eventually throw at me. If this sounds familiar, please join me on this journey to empower young women who are, just like myself, still in search of a fulfilling, purpose-driven life. Welcome to FemHive! Hi ladies! Before we're getting started, does preparing for your performance and promotion review seem like something you always do last minute without strategic preparation? It sure used to feel that way for me, especially when I did start thinking about my upcoming review a few days before. I was never able to remember what exactly I had achieved over the past six months. I did not have a strategic process in place that allowed me to keep track of my accomplishments. Can you relate? If the answer is yes, I want you to know that being more prepared for those career conversations does not only increase your chances of receiving a better review and getting promoted faster, it also significantly increases your self-confidence. After implementing a thoughtful and yet easy process I went from receiving an achieved expectations to an exceeded expectations review only six months later. Fast forward another seven months and I landed a big promotion that allowed me to join a new team as the most junior person by at least five years. That's two promotions and a $30,000 salary increase over the course of only 13 months. I want the same for you, ladies, which is why I have created something that takes the guesswork out of preparing for those important review conversations. If you're craving more control over your performance ratings and your path to future promotions that will lead to success, even when you're super busy on a daily basis, then my free performance review checklist was made for you. I will link to it in the show notes. You can also access it through our website, femhive.com or through the link in our Instagram bio download the checklist and discover how easy it can be to implement some small habits that don't take a lot of time but can yield major success. Would love to hear from you once you've implemented these strategies. Just DM me. Hi everyone. Today I am joined by Bianca Wolvik. Bianca is a digital marketer with 10 years of experience and a military spouse. She's the host of the Please Don't Kick Me Out podcast where she is specifically addressing the topic of imposter syndrome. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the FemHive podcast, Bianca. I'm so happy to have you. (laughs) Awesome. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Well then let's get started, Bianca. So um before we dive into everything imposter syndrome, I would just love to learn more about your own podcasting journey. You know, I recently started this year, um, and you've been in the game a few more months than me. Um, and I know it all started with you getting laid off in early 2020 Um, first of all I'm really sorry you went through that Um, and you know after this craziness um, that has been 2020 I'm sure some of our listeners can relate to that and here at FemHive um, we're big fans of engaging in genuine and vulnerable conversations so we'd just love to hear what was that experience like for you Bianca
1: yeah. So uh, like many people globally, um, the, the pandemic caused me to lose my job. I was a marketing director for a branch of a Fortune 500 company in, um, in the US. I live in San Diego and it was in the real estate industry. Um, and uh, you know, as the saying goes, usually marketing departments are the first to go. So I was a marketing department standalone um, where there was already an existing marketing department. So I really didn't need to be there. My branch had just hired me. So unfortunately myself and my uh, counterpart were laid off, but it wasn't really all, I mean, it was upsetting, of course. Like I grieved it. Um, however, I had kind of been feeling a little listless in that job. And I was feeling like it might've been time to move on. Um, since I am a military spouse, our duty station here was two years. So I was at that one year mark where I was like, I could stick it out for another year and, have the same problems or I could try to find something else. So I was actually kind of in that transition when I was, as I, like right before I was getting laid off. So it didn't come as much of a shock. What was more shocking was that there was just nothing out there for my level of experience. Um, And I started to get offers that were underemployment or quite frankly, not to say beneath me, but just, it would have invalidated the unemployment that I had to collect. So um, that was kind of difficult to navigate, but I, eventually hit this wind where I was okay that I wasn't working and being a military spouse, the inevitable, my husband had to deploy this year. And if I hadn't been, if I hadn't been working, I wouldn't have had that time with him. So I don't look at it negatively. I look at it as the best best of the worst situation because it allowed me to do really creative things like my podcast, which is please don't kick me out. And how that came to be was every day in my career as a woman with 10 years of experience in a marketing department, um, where I was given the, the role of marketing director, that's a very big title. And I didn't feel worthy of my accomplishments or every day I would feel like they were going to come in and tell me like, Oh gosh, Bianca, like we figured it out. You're not supposed to be here. Um, of course that never happened. And then of course, when it did happen, I didn't die. Nothing, nothing bad happened, you know, nothing negative came from it. And so for me, I'd always wanted to start a podcast because I, at my Previous position actually helped my company start a podcast. So I knew how to do it. And I had been wanting to do my own podcast for a while, always wanted to be a podcast guest, um, but never had that happen. And so I just started my own. And I started it because every person I've talked to about the feeling of imposter syndrome. Um, it's usually like after a couple of beers with friends and then they're like, man, I don't think I I need, I'm qualified to be in my role or whatever. I realized it was just such a human emotion that there wasn't really a niche podcast for to kind of talk about failures, success and um, valuing yourself.
0: I, I just love that. Um, it obviously is like a very niche topic, but something that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about right because maybe sometimes you feel embarrassed to admit that you feel like an imposter um or maybe you're sometimes like no like I shouldn't be feeling like this but I don't really have anyone to turn to maybe when you're the only woman in the room you know I don't know how was it your previous company but I I'm assuming that there were probably like a lot of um, old white men and senior leadership and not not a lot of female representation right so then it can sometimes be really difficult to to engage in conversations with peers and and have them relate to you so I'm I'm super super glad that you you turned this this experience um, with your own you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> experience of imposter syndrome in, into a podcast and kind of took matters into your own hands since this is something you've always been wanting to do. Um, and then, so in your podcast intro, you are doing such a great job at putting words into what it's like to experience imposter syndrome. So I would love to quote you. You're saying... I'm constantly wondering, when is the shoe going to drop? When are they going to find out that I'm not supposed to be here? And what's going to happen when that happens? Powerful words. I think it's, it's a very accurate description of what that feeling is like, Bianca. Um, how, and you were mentioning briefly earlier when you were talking about your, your role as a marketing director at your previous company, but how else have you personally encountered imposter syndrome throughout your, your life, Bianca?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think I've probably encountered it since I was a kid. I was n- I was never really one that fit in. I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Like, look around the schoolyard, and people had best friends, and I never had a best friend. And I had a very boisterous personality. It was very like disruptive as a kid um, because I had uh, undiagnosed uh, uh, attention deficit. So. That that kind of played into just this feeling of like oh I don't fit in like no one wants to be my friend and then I got to college I was in a sorority I didn't even fit in there and it's just like constantly feeling like you don't belong um, that's kind of how I've experienced imposter syndrome and I've kind of come you know ha- had to try to combat it of course but I've also felt it in my career like starting out in an advertising agency where I was you know a new department. Uh, digital marketing at that point, wasn't really well known what happens in it. And I was young. And so like, I just kind of didn't fit in there. And then my career has kind of been like start and stop as many millennials have a, have had to happen. Um, so I've felt it kind of in terms of not feeling prepared for the career that I had or, um, being unsure of the clients I was handling. So it's, it's interesting, like where it rears its ugly head, but it's been a constant battle to combat it, but then also like recognize the points of my life in which I've felt it. So where I've noticed it stems the most now is when I'm not doing something that's authentic to myself. So if I am putting on a Mm -hmm. mask to not be myself, which I've done in my previous careers, or for example, joining a sorority in college or, um, you know, Changing pieces of myself to make a relationship work because I didn't want to you know be alone those are those are seen to me like now as imposter syndrome like that was imposter syndrome
0: mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that i I especially love the piece around authenticity because this is actually something I can relate to a lot. Because over over the years, I I've been in similar situations where I felt like okay, uh, maybe I'm trying to be someone that I'm not just to please other people, but I was kind of like betraying myself mm-hmm. in that situation. So um, nowadays, I actually consider being my authentic self as one of my core values because uh, it just benefits me in in every way. It allows me to to build and maintain like more genuine and real relationships with the people around me it allows me to be better at my job Um, so uh, I can totally relate to that and I think it's also interesting to to pause a moment and reflect on the past experiences in your life even like starting out as a kid because I think the first step towards combating imposter syndrome is to to have that um, level of self-awareness to even like, no, okay, this was one of the key moments in my life that has impacted me, maybe until even this day, because if you don't even identify those key moments, then there is no way for you to address those those uh, emotions. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And... So I know in your podcast, uh, Please Don't Kick Me Out, love the title, by the way, <laughs> um, I know you've interviewed quite a few of your friends on on this very important topic uh, that we should all be talking about a lot more. Um, what was one story that one of your guests shared with you that really stuck with you and why?
1: <laughs> yeah, I... I just have to compliment my guests. Um, every single person I've interviewed has had a story to tell. When people tell me that they can't be a podcast guest because they're too boring, I'm like, no, that's not true in the slightest. I've interviewed mm-hmm. people in all walks of life, all ventures, my friends included. Um, I used to have to beg my friends to be on my podcast. And now and now I don't have that problem. <laughs> but um, one of the people that I interviewed, um, his name is David Melkey, and he is a... Uh, a a gay man um, who lives in a yurt in off the coast of Seattle um, with his partner. And they do these cute little renditions of Broadway show tunes. But his story was really profound to me. He, as a young man and growing up in Canada um, and, you know, having to put on a mask to seem masculine, uh, he ran away from home after getting like beaten up, because he wanted to try out for a musical, but he was also like on the football team or something. I can't really remember the exact story. However he, um, he had a teacher that was a mentor to him who helped him like reintegrate back into school. And then he ended up, you know, becoming an actor in Hollywood and was on a few shows in the seventies and eighties. And even in Hollywood, he felt like, you know, it was still taboo to be homosexual in this, in this time frame And, and so a lot of his story was just being able to come to terms with himself and his sexuality and who he was and being proud and open. And I, I love the stories like that because it, it, one, I'm a very huge uh, advocate for equality, especially for LGBTQ rights. Um, and, and also, it kind of, you know, I can relate so much in that story as well in times when I wasn't myself. So it's, it's cool to kind of hear those stories. Um, and like I said, there, there's just so many, but this is one conversation that was so prolific to me that I will never forget it.
0: That's, that's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, to all the listeners out there, you should definitely go check out that episode. Um, I'm a huge, huge advocate uh, for equality as, as well, um, and consider myself an ally for the LGBTQ plus community. So um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna take a listen because it sounds like a really beautiful story. Speaking of, of equality. Um, you know, Hive is all about uh, female empowerment, and I'm always looking to interview a very diverse group of young women around the world. Um, and as we all know, Bianca, um, imposter syndrome is especially common among women. I don't even want to talk about how Black women and women of color uh, must be feeling, you know, as a very, very privileged white woman. I I will never be able to fully understand that. But we also all know that (laughs) there is these wonderful statistics um, about men applying for jobs when, you know, they only have about 50 to 60 percent of the listed qualifications or as women only apply when you have like nine 90 to a hundred percent of the qualifications. So that's like a very classic real life example of, of um, imposter syndrome. Why do you think this is such a challenge, especially for us women?
1: Oh gosh. So wh- one conversation I had, um, we were, it was like my fifth episode I was talking to my friend, Lindsay, and she, um, she was talking about when she used to hire, right. And men, they would they would just throw out a salary and they wouldn't bet an eye right like oh and and they would be like, like you said fifty to sixty percent qualified for the same job that a woman be applying for the woman would ask for forty percent less than the man because they didn't think that they could get more and so I've had that experience happening to me like when I'm negotiating a salary I always I, I, I always you know it's a struggle it's a struggle to ask for what you're worth it's a struggle to um, you know. Be asked to be valued for your your work and your work ethic, and it's unfortunately systemic. It hasn't gotten better. We're still not equal in the workplace. So, at first, when I started my podcast, I thought that maybe imposter syndrome was only women, as I've encountered or I've discovered as I've kind of you know pulled the thread. It's not, but Mm -hmm. it is most prevalent with women, um, especially women of color who feel like they have to um, you know try harder. Um, I know in the, in the military, my, my friends who are women of color, they always, you know, don't want to be seen as a stereotype or um, they have, they feel like they have to try two times as hard. Um, And so it's, it's, it's in all walks of life. It's unfortunate. And I, I don't know what, besides bringing it to the surface and talking about it and, and making it apparent that it's happening. There's not much I feel like we can do besides say, ask for what you're worth and don't take it if it's not going to be what you asked for. Um, Because I think like I've, I've done it myself had a tendency to be like, Oh, well, my minimum is this, but like, I'll take this. Hmm. And that's where I think um, men don't do that. They're very confident in what they ask and the roles that they take.
0: Yeah. um, Sounds about right, Bianca. And it's interesting that you brought up the salary um, example because I like, like a few months ago, I uh, got a promotion and obviously um, had to enter some salary negotiations or, well, at least I tried to because I felt like, you know, I was so aware that this is obviously such a big issue and very prevalent among women, especially like having the, the guts to bring up salary in the first place. Um, so I felt like I, I, I had to at least try to negotiate Um just by wor- virtue of being a woman, and like I felt like I owned it to my gender, you know, I felt like if I didn't try to have this conversation, I w- I would let all the women around the world down. I tried. Unfortunately, my employer um, refused to negotiate. I even like prepared like a list and everything, and I thought I had great arguments. In the end, I I took the job. Regardless, um, because I was really excited about it. And, you know, in, in 2020, you you probably want to also have like a more of a sense of security. Right. Um, but that made me really upset. And like to this day, I'm wondering, you know, if I had what had happened, if I had been a little more persistent or would they have allowed for men to to engage in these salary conversations i i guess i will never find out but um yeah just just reminded me um when you when you brought up that that topic and then i don't know if if you watched the first vice presidential debate between um pence and and harris but um when you also brought up the the topic of you know like black women especially suffering from this like that debate really reminded me of like how difficult it is for women but especially black women like (sighs) having to try so hard that they don't come across as like angry black women while still like playing by the rules in order to get to where they want and still also presenting thems- themselves in a very confident manner. I I, I just feel like that's so much to ask of one human being. So I, I have so much respect for Kamala Harris for for ha- having done that in a very very um in a very brilliant way and um I think that was a was a big day for for all the women in America. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And in regards to that, I did, I I was on a podcast called Too Rich to Miss Podcast, and he's a black man and he discussed, you know, being a man of color in the workforce and being in the corporate world. And this and basically you're wearing a mask. He's like, I put on this mask, I go to work, I try to be as inconspicuous as possible. He's like, and then I take the mask off when I get home and I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from trying to be something that I am not trying to play the part. And so, um, you know, if anything, 2020 is evolving towards, I hope, you know, because I've used my podcast as a platform to discuss Black Lives Matter, to discuss um, ways that we can end systemic racism. And I am just, you know, hoping that just like women being less than in the workforce is a problem um, and women of color having problems in the workforce, I'm really hoping that, that, you know, as we're making sure these Black lives matter so that all lives can completely matter, that we're also going to look at, you know, women being more than just the people that have the children and run the household. Um, And not to squirrel off topic, but as a spouse and a spouse who doesn't want children, a military spouse who doesn't want children, I'm an outlier um, because I, and I also have a very loud voice for change and equality. So it's been kind of interesting um, to watch the pandemic through the lens of being a military spouse, but then also watch everything around me. And all I am is hopeful for change. So I'm really hoping that Biden and uh, Harris can do that.
0: I think a lot of us, including probably like 99.9% of our <laughs> listeners are hoping the same. Um, yeah, it's it's been very very interesting for sure um but i feel like can only get better from here because uh, we've really hit rock bottom um but yeah i think it's i think it's it's so important for for people like us who are you know at the end of the day like super super privileged to to give a platform to you know may that be like black women black men People of color in general, like marginalized groups, members of the LGBTQ plus community. Like, I think if we if we if we don't engage in these conversations and if we don't openly address these issues, you and I, as you know white privileged educated heterosexual women um i think i think we won't we won't get to where we need to be if if we don't have like more allies speaking up and and lending our privilege to to those people who who are marginalized so um i'm 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 super happy that that's also one of one of the goals of your podcast because uh, something i can certainly relate to from a femhive perspective um yeah and then Obviously, the inevitable question, Bianca, Um, how can we all cope with imposter syndrome? Like, what advice do you have based on the conversations you've had with all these brilliant people?
1: So when I first started this, I think I myself had imposter syndrome starting a podcast. Would anyone listen? Would anyone press play? Would anyone subscribe? Would I ever have sponsors? You know, just I had so many questions in my head. And, uh, you know, I launched it and, and no one's told me to stop. No one's taken the microphone away. So for me, what I've been finding in my conversations, and I, it's been resoundingly the same is that no one really has it figured out. Um, success looks different to, to everyone. And the most most you're going to have imposter syndrome the most amount of times you're going to have imposter syndrome is when you're in a career or you're in a relationship or you're in a friendship where you're not serving authenticity so what that means is when you are not being 100% true to yourself perhaps you hate your job you hate your job but you know this is the career that you want or your dream is to do something else if you have the ability right now to soul search and figure out what you want to do 100% or or whatever that might be, that feeling of imposter syndrome might go away. Um, I, I still have times when I suffer from it, of course, but there are more fewer and farther between because I've taken this year to figure out what I want to do next. So I guess for me and my biggest advice is for anyone who feels imposter syndrome to do a little bit of soul searching, figure out what that feeling is really making. And then also give yourself some, um, humility and some grace. So when you feel a feeling of like, Oh gosh, like, oh, you know, like, Oh, you know, are they going to figure out that I'm, I'm not meant to be here or whatever? Combat that with a question like, okay, well, what would happen if say you did get let go or say you don't get that raise or, um, you know, your presentation doesn't go well. Like basically give yourself the worst case scenario, walk yourself through it. And then it might help calm you down, but then also it will help you, um, if that is the anticipated result um, to not fear it as much.
0: I really love that. And um, I think what you're mentioning there um, in regards to trying to reflect more on what it is that you want in life and what you don't want in life, um, especially 2020, I think gave us all some much needed perspective on whether this is the life that we want to live. Right. Because, (laughs) <laughs> now that we don't have a commute to work anymore, now that we cannot travel as much anymore, um we are just left with more time to think and instead of wasting that time on watching more Netflix than before, um I think we should all take advantage of that time and and really reflect on on what it is that that we that we want, but also, spend some time practicing gratitude for for all the things that we do have in life, like especially health I think is something that we should all be a lot more grateful for um so yeah i'm 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 really glad that 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 you mentioned that bianca and also again going back to the authenticity piece I think when you are really true to yourself that's the best gift you you can possibly give yourself and it doesn't mean that you will like not fail here and there um that you will never have to pick yourself up from the ground again no i mean life can be crazy sometimes and not every everything that we're tackling um might lead to to an immediate success um but as long as you can say hey I was true to myself. I was being completely authentic. It didn't work out. Let's let's try it again, or let's try something different. I think then you can be really, really proud of yourself because um, because you you didn't pretend to be someone that you're not, trying to please everyone around you but yourself. And then Bianca, I actually came across a pretty interesting and to me very thought provoking article by. The editor in chief of Elle magazine and in the UK, her name is Farah Store, and she is actually arguing that imposter syndrome is, in fact, every woman's secret weapon because it results in us having a more proactive approach to learning. And uh, I'm going to read a paragraph from her article, and would would just love to know um, what you think. So um, Farah is saying. Because rather than the corrosive, ambition-sapping phenomena women believe they have been saddled with, imposter syndrome is a miraculous self-checking gauge that delivers excellence. It means we prepare, we question, we delve deeper and wider into problems than anyone else. And here's the other thing imposter syndrome bestows upon us. It is an internal control valve which alerts to when we are in our discomfort zone. And that's crucial because, as I discovered when I interviewed some of the world's most successful women from my book, The Discomfort Zone, this is the zone where accelerated growth happens. Feeling fraudulent is a sign you are being challenged. And when we are challenged, that's when we make true breakthroughs. So after reading this article, I actually felt super empowered. And I think this actually... W- Ties in nicely what you were saying earlier about starting your podcast when you had some some imposter syndrome. You didn't know if anyone was going to listen, but nobody has told you to stop. So, so I don't know if without that imposter syndrome you would have ever started a podcast in the first place because it wouldn't have been something that would have been like a huge accomplishment or or something to 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 strive for. Um just wondering Bianca w- what are your thoughts on this? Do you agree with Farah? Can you turn imposter syndrome into a secret weapon?
1: I think so because if you're not you okay, I hate to say it but if you're not your own worst critic then like mm. you're not going to be delivering an excellent product. And so a lot of my career has been being the thought leader or being the person that has to have all the answers for everything. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's can be taxing. It can be a challenge, but, um, there is a lot of power in not knowing something. And I think like being a, usually a marketing department, one of one, I've had to figure it out. Like, Oh, you want an email marketing campaign? All right, let me figure it out. Like, <laughs> so So I think, I think when you're challenged, yes, you do have like women, we do tend to rise up two times as much. Um, We do it, you know, there's such a thing as second shift, right? So if you have kids and you get home, then there's second shift um, with cleaning, cooking, all of that. So I think that it it is a secret weapon. It can be a secret weapon. Um, It can also be a kryptonite. It just depends on which way you're going to go. And there's a book that I've been reading for therapy um, called, uh, Will I Ever Be Good Enough? and it discusses uh, these two types of ways that someone can go when they deal with a narcissistic parent and uh, there's self-saboteur and there's high achiever and I'm I'm a high achiever. So that means that all of my accomplishments I can never, ever look at or be able to um, accept because I am, I've never gotten that from my, from the people that I need it from. Right. So So I will go above and beyond 1000% every time, um, do more work than I probably need to because of imposter syndrome. So I do agree with Farah. I think that that is very accurate.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just thought it was a very interesting take that I had never thought about. And in that context, because you always feel like, oh, like imposter syndrome, it always has this negative connotation, but, um. When 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 that kind of like mind shift occurs, and you're like, no, I'm actually like turning this quote unquote weakness into a strength that will will allow me to empower myself, uh, to to, to go after my dreams and take a risk. Um, and I think then it can actually like be something really really beautiful. Um, so. What what's next for you, Bianca? On on this podcasting, discovering imposter syndrome journey, would would love to hear um where where this journey is, is going to take you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So right now, I I'm, I've got a lot of gratitude. Um, you know, for this year, I mean, as as bad as it's been for many people, it's been a good year for me. Um, in terms of personal growth, uh, I was able to take this time to. I always advocate for therapy, but I was finally able to find a therapist that um, has been really helping me. I have been working on my mental health. Uh, I've been working on my, phys- my physical health, making sure that I'm overall healthy and um, you know, getting lab results, all of those things, just to make sure that everything's good to go. Um, and then uh, right now, I mean, the podcast used to be pretty much full time, but I've been setting up some boundaries on it just to make sure that I am not um, losing my passion for it. I, I have interviews basically scheduled all the way into 2021 and I'm going to start interviewing more people again. Uh, so for me, uh, the podcast will pretty much go on autopilot and be good, um, which it already kind of is. And then I volunteer for the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society every, every Monday and Friday. So that's something that keeps me busy. So my goal career wise is to, um, to kind of i 'll always be marketing, but it'll be to kind of step away from marketing in a true agency form, and i 'd like to focus more on the military community, so either work for fleet and family support or um, the Navy Marine Corps Relief society um, and they hire from within, but you have to volunteer in order to be able to do that so that's where my heart's been leading based on my experience in the pandemic. And based on all of the knowledge I have in my career, I can really serve the uh, military community and the families of the military community. So that's kind of my next step.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you, you seem to have found your, your purpose and that you're leading a life based on authenticity. I think that's something that we should all be striving for. Um, yeah and I I cannot imagine any better words to to end this episode with um thank you so so much yeah. for joining me today Bianca I really really enjoyed our conversation thank you so much for for being so vulnerable um it, it was a pleasure really
1: uh, thank you it was it was you know it was a great conversation and I look forward to having you on my podcast in the future
0: <laughs> Oh okay I'm <laughs> so excited really looking forward to that Bianca ah, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and to our wonderful listeners out there, um, please make sure to check out Bianca's podcast. Please don't kick me out for more inspirational conversations around the topic of imposter syndrome. And that concludes our show. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Since we're just starting out, it would be amazing if you left us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and shared Femhype with all your female co-workers and girlfriends, so we can empower as many young women as possible. Make sure to also follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm Tamina Stoll, and I hope you will be tuning in again next week. Take care, ladies.